Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at www.rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. Our guest today is Robert Lambert, youth minister at Antioch Christian Church in Hickory, Mississippi. Robert, we've known each other, I don't know how long, but I, we met when you were still in high school, right. I believe. Yeah. And uh, we are Timothys of the same church, True. the Harper Road Christian Church in Corinth, Mississippi, though decades apart. I want to point that out. Uh, all this said, we've never really had a chance to just sit down and talk to one another. And therefore, I don't know much about your life and ministry and sure. how you came to Christ and how you got into ministry. Uh, and I'm, I'm ready to hear about it. Yeah. So, Robert, tell us your story. Okay. Well, thank you, Brother Tom. Uh, we actually met probably about 2005. Wow, that far back. Yeah, uh, at Harper Road. Um, you were kind of one of the beginning uh, influences in my Christian life. Wow, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it was. It was. I became a Christian when I was 16. So, yeah, we, we met early on at Harper Road uh, when I was still in high school. Um, my... My story of coming to Christ as, as my savior uh, is kind of, it took a long road. Um, I grew up, my grandma, who I spent some weekends with, would take me to a, a Church of Christ in Corinth, Mississippi. Yeah. Um, the whole time I remember feeling like I was uncomfortable being in church, yeah. but um, I had a really great Sunday school teacher and I was really enamored with Jesus. Um, and so I remember always thinking about that those stories and and the way he seemed to talk to people and his teaching all, all really made an impact on me. And I thought about it often. And I would try reading my Bible sometimes and, and uh, I felt like there was a connection there. But that was early on as a child. And then... It, it does tell you, though, about the impact of a Sunday school teacher. For sure. And, and, and this teacher uh, may, may never know till heaven the right. impact that yeah. uh, he or she yeah. made on your life. Miss, uh, Miss Walden. She was, she was all awesome. Um, yeah, uh, and then I pretty much fell out of going to church for um, probably from around 12 years old to, to 15. Um, I, I kind of decided that I didn't know if, if God was real or not. I, I remember having conversations with friends uh, pretty, on, pretty early on in my teenage years and preteen years about just not knowing. And, um, <clears throat> and I... I I remember uh, there was a, there was a moment where I started chasing a girl who is actually my wife now. <laughs> uh, that's Wendy, and um, she and her friend, which was my next door neighbor, they invited me to church, which was Harper Road. That was Bailey's church, um, and uh, we went and I met Brother Ron. Brother Ron Medlock was probably the first person that I ever like investigated on. Uh, he he definitely believed what he talked about and then I saw that he lived what he talked about that's uh, wrong and there was there was definitely uh, a very genuine part of him that loved the Lord and all of those things were super attractive to me um, and, and Ron was the preacher he was not yes. youth minister but he worked with youth he did it all he, he, he did yeah. it all yeah. and he had a has always had a powerful influence on teenagers for sure yeah. still does yeah yeah um, yeah and so 
I remember him saying a few things, and it, it seems very simple now, but looking back on it, just he would talk about things like um, <clears throat> he never had to worry about what he was going to say because he, he didn't lie. You know, he never yeah. had to backtrack and remember what he had told this person or that person. And I remember that being a very foreign idea to me, you know, because I, yeah. I, I lied my way through everything uh, before Christ. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I started chasing that, and I decided that I wanted that. Um, and so I started seeking the Lord and reading my Bible more. And it wasn't too long. You know, I think we went on a few, um, like, weekend getaways um, or, or some sort of field trip with Ron and, and I, I would see God answer his prayers and all kinds of great stuff and eventually I was like okay um, I know he's, he's preached it well uh, so I want to get baptized and want to follow Jesus so I got baptized at 16 um, but all around there <laughs> all around that age uh, everything got pretty rough for me um, I, I would go, in the summertime, I would go live with my dad, wherever he was. At this point, he was in Houston, Texas. Um, and I made a friend, uh, this would have been the summer after, uh, or maybe before or after I got baptized, I really can't remember. Um, but I, I fell into drugs pretty quickly and pretty bad. Um, there in, in Houston, it, it just became, there was this whole other life yeah. that became interesting to me. And I realized that I enjoyed drugs and there was something that you know got me out of my uh, my shell a little bit, and so I, I, I fell into it pretty bad. I realized pretty quickly that I was not the kind of person that could take drugs recreationally. <laughs> I put quotes around that. I'm not right. sure that it, many people can, um, but my personality was definitely one that had an addictive personality. So <clears throat> I fell into that pretty quickly, um, and even though I still I, I felt the guilt about that. Uh, I knew that that wasn't a right thing to do, um, but there was the, a pull to it a lot. Uh, so when when I would come back to Mississippi where my mom lived, um, I, I started seeking both things, right? So sometimes I'm, I'm seeking the Lord, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to go to church, and I'm, I'm interested in it. And um, and then other times I'm, I'm seeking to find some end, some way of, of kind of gaining pleasure through drugs or through whatever distraction. I realize and that's that was, definitely part of the teenage life. Right. Yeah. And um, Hormones going crazy and, mm -hmm. and, and just not knowing which direction to go. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. I was definitely I was definitely back and forth. And uh, there's there's the, I believe it's the verse in James that, that talks about feeling like uh, you're being tossed back and forth on the waves. And that was right. that was the feeling. I remember looking back and feeling like that when I read that, that verse for the first time. And and going, this is this is me. This is where I'm at. Um, <clears throat> so, I uh, the, where it really changed, where Jesus was more than just my Savior. He became my Lord. I, I had a wreck. <clears throat> I wasn't on drugs at the time, but I was probably working on getting some, or or recently been on some. Um, but I I flipped my car. And uh, it was a pretty bad wreck. It was, I was on the front page of the newspaper and all that. But I, I front flipped my car, actually, <laughs> into a ditch. I was upside down in that ditch. I didn't know if anybody had heard, if anybody was coming anytime soon. Um, I broke my leg. My femur bone just snapped. Uh, it was pretty rough. And I was, I was sitting there, and I was, you know, I'm on the hood of the car now, inside the, the cab. But um, 
I'm, I look around and kind of gather myself and figure out what has happened. And I look down at my leg and I realize it's all messed up. And uh, very quickly started to, to go into a real fear, you know, of, uh, because I didn't know what was coming next. And so I, that was the first time I think I, I genuinely reached out for the Lord. I, I wanted Him. And in that moment, His Spirit really came. It's, it's unlike anything I've experienced since. Um, but it was, it was very real to me, even in that moment. Uh, the, it felt like the atmosphere changed. I, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and, I was, and, and God was speaking to me. Not right. audibly, but very much I knew I was having a conversation with the right. Lord. Right, yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> and it was, very, uh, it, was, it was a very straight conversation with the most love that I've ever received in a straight conversation about how I was taking things for granted, how I was taking the people in my life for granted, and how the road that I was on really leads to death. And and I, 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 all of that was very real in the moment, and I very much understood uh, everything that was being told to me. And I, I just asked for the Lord's help and, and told Him, like, my life is yours. I just don't know how to do this, right? Right. Um, and so got taken to the hospital and, and, and recovered pretty quickly. Um, and, and during that whole time, I started reading the New Testament. And that conversation between me and the Lord did not stop. It, it, it wasn't like I hung up the phone or, or God was just only for that moment. For the next <laughs> about three months, I just felt like I had an ongoing conversation with the Lord about um, the Word, um, about how to, to live a life that was pleasing to God. Um, everything from, from what was being, what I was reading in the Word of, you know, if it was Jesus' teaching, I felt like I was really understanding it for the first time, and I, and I started to see how I needed to apply it in all the areas of my life. And um, I remember walking down the hallway of my school and, and feeling more confident than I ever had because I had this confidence in God, and I knew that He was doing something in me. Uh, and it was really, it was one of my favorite times of life just because even though I was in pain most of the time and, and, and kind of figuring out how to walk on crutches and all that kind of stuff, um, I felt the most confident and I felt the most real. And I felt like, wow, I, I really am being transformed. Um, it, it took me a while to find that verse, uh, but when I read it, I was like, this is what is being is happening to me. My mind is being transformed. Uh, being wow. renewed, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that was that was a really amazing time. And, and I remember when that conversation with the Lord kind of uh, stopped. <clears throat> I was walking down the hall of the high school, and <clears throat> I don't remember what they were doing, but I remember looking at another teenage kid, one of my peers, and <clears throat> they were just being a teenager. They said something, you know, snarky or, or were being mean to somebody. And I thought to myself, um, you know, why, why can't they just be better, you know? And I thought, and I realized as soon as I thought it, that it was not the right way to think about it. But I thought, you know, it's really not that hard to be better. And at that moment, I really felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of took a step back and, and was kind of like, I'm not going to be a part of that. And the lesson that I began to learn over the next many, many years, and I'm, I think I'm still learning, is this is only possible with God. Um, <clears throat> and that has been, from, from then on, it's been revelation after revelation of how that, that works, of 
this whole covenant that we're in with Jesus is with Jesus. It's, it's through him. It's by his power. It's God doing all of the good work. Um, and so that's been my, my, my focus in ministry is teaching that, laying that as a foundation of Jesus is our Savior, yes, um, and I want to preach that well, but Jesus is also Lord, and, and it's through him that we accomplish all the things that God wants to accomplish yeah, in, like, in our lives and in our church. Right. People want a Savior, but a lot of them don't want the Lord. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah and that's, that's good, and that needs to be taught. I mean, the depth of what you're talking about some people don't think don't think teens would listen to that now, right. but they do, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They 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 want. I I really believe that this uh, the new generation coming up, they want conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a conversation with another uh, preacher who studied this uh, uh, not too long ago, and he was saying uh, that they don't want group text. Mm-hmm. They want to sit and talk to you. Mm-hmm. And, and I was watching you Sunday. You didn't know you'd been watched, but I was watching you Sunday with a fellow that I believe is new mm-hmm. uh, come to church, and you were just sitting there, and, uh, and you just, y'all just sat there for a while, and you waited for him to talk. Yeah. And, and, then, uh, and then the conversation began, and yeah. I, I enjoyed uh, seeing that. I, I watched it for just a little while. Beth watched it even more, and she brought it up as we were driving back to the cabin mm-hmm. about how good that was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's been, Wendy and I, and everything I do uh, with in the church is, is with my wife, for sure. She She's the perfect balance to to all of my flaws. She has a, a gift there, you know. Um, <clears throat> so we, we've really tried to make our youth ministry a family ministry. And, and, and part of what that means, and it really works here at my church at Antioch, um, because it is a family church, um, right? And and even when we first walked into the church, it, it immediately felt like family to us. And so we knew we were this is where we were coming, and this is where we were supposed to be. Um, but that was definitely that's definitely kind of a main focus for us is is we want to build a foundation of of who God is and what He's done, and and how to really live as a Christian and experience the life that that God wants us to. Um, but, but that seems to happen so much better in those conversations. Like instead of having church, instead of having youth group in this building, the fellowship hall that we're in right now, uh, we usually have our Wednesday nights at our house, just sitting around on the couches and, and talking. Right. Cause we really want to encourage like church can happen in your home, um, right. you know, um, and, and, and hopefully that, that carries through their whole lives of, uh, we can sit down and have real conversations, um, and we always are opening our Bibles and, and looking through there, but, but but a lot of what we want is just to, to start a conversation about real life and what this means, not just conceptually, but but you know the day to day and how to deal with the hard things with the Lord, and that's been really good. And I think there is you're right. There's a lot of kids that that want a real conversation, um, anything that's kind of you know polished. It's almost like they. They uh, they resent uh, a commercial type type of message, uh, and this has been talked about on several of, of these frontline podcasts. Is that uh, the uh, the younger people today? Uh, they don't care for the smoke machines mm-hmm. and all the lights and the right. big bands. They think it's a waste of money. Things a waste of time, uh, and and most of them don't mind. Uh, they, they like the contemporary singing. They don't mind the old hymns. Right. 
they just want to have a relationship with people who are genuine Christians. Uh, someone walks into your in, into the church. Um, they're they're not maybe my generation. Uh, I, I've said for a lot of years that the that. Uh, when people said, "Well, we've got to do all we've got to do all this fancy stuff and the big bands and everything to reach the young people," I always said, "I don't really know that that's true. Mm-hmm. I think it's what the baby boomers want, sure. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and and uh, they seem to be real happy with it. Right. But uh, people are looking for something real, mm-hmm. and there's an awful lot of fake going on in church. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I a few years back, I was in a, in a, a church that does very traditional music." And they had about 30 uh, teenagers in the high school class. And our pianist, who was in her 80s, led the class. And she asked them for their favorite songs. And they were saying things like Amazing Grace, How Great, How Hard. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, she suggested some contemporary ones, but they were all going back to these other ones. Mm-hmm. Because they missed And I'm not saying the contemporary. I, not a, I, love, I love every kind of Christian music. Uh, I really do. I don't think there's any of them yeah, that I really too. don't like. But it comes down to the fact that we just want something that's real. And if, if the contemporary is real to you, then that's good. Or, sure. or if a mix is real, that's not what's important. It's if I walk into the church and someone says to me, hi, this is my name. What's yours? Mm-hmm. Are you here with anybody? You want to sit with us today? Uh, you want to come out to eat with us? You want to come over to the house? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's... There's something super important about being intentional, making relationships in the, in the church. Um, and that goes with, you know, kids that I know are going to show up every week and, and the ones that show up occasionally. And, um, and, and just like yesterday when you saw that, that young guy came in and, and uh, you know, I, I'd actually talked to him before. He's our neighbor. And uh, I talked to him a few times just out in the yard um, when he was working out there. But uh, I was invited him, you know, to come over and... Uh, he, I guess he finally came over. He, he was having a rough day yesterday, so that's kind of why I was trying to just let him right. talk and uh, kind of see where he was. And Now, he's a teenager? Yeah, yeah, I think he just graduated. Um, but, yeah, really trying to find his way right now, so. Um, well, I noticed he was back in last mm-hmm. evening for the evening services of Revival, and, right. and, and uh, Beth noticed that someone in the church walked up to him and, mm-hmm. and, and started a conversation, yeah. introduced themselves. And, yeah, I was praying, I was praying that, uh, people would, would introduce themselves and hopefully yeah. you'd have a conversation with more than just me. And I saw that happen, so uh, yeah. praise God. Uh, yeah, My wife, is like, like your wife, our wives notice things sometimes yeah. we don't notice at all. And <laughs> sure. they're they're watching and making sure that, that things are taken being taken care of. Yeah. 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 I, um, the, <coughs> talking about music, um, you know, I, I think I've always kind of been that, that same way. Of, I, I don't really care what kind of music it is. I have my preferences, sure. Um, yeah. You know, if I, if I could pick the songs, it'd probably sound very different than what it does. But um, as long as, as I can find that they are worshipful, and I'm seeing that as the same yeah. throughout teenagers and, and even the kids, you know, at, at youth camp, but we have, at summer camp, we have some of the best services because those kids can actually engage in worship with the Lord. Um, I think it's kind of um, one one of the the best tools that we have right now is that we have so much good music available to us. Right. You know? um, I love a, a live band. I, I love seeing someone who's who's worked out a performance, and and I praise God for that too. Um, but if the I'm very I'm very picky about the 
the actual words of the song. Yes. Uh, if, if we are praising God, uh, I think there's something that shifts. Uh, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of songs that talk about the Christian life. And those right. are good songs, and some of them I really enjoy and will sing along to anytime they come on. Um, but the ones that I've found that there's there's something deeper there, and there's there's something I can really build off of when we start having a conversation later. If kids are engaged in in talking to the Lord about the Lord, and, and I think that's kind of a, a a good definition of what worship is: um, yep. telling God who He is, and 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 agreeing with that with ourselves. I, that that goes a long way, and. Um, that that's something that I've really shifted in the last few years of, of when we pick worship songs um, for our kids, for our, our teenagers. Um, anytime we've done led a service, we really want those things to be those songs to be intentional and and so that we're engaging with the Lord. And, and I believe the Spirit does a lot of work uh, in those moments. I think so, and, and I don't know. We segue somehow into into music and mm-hmm. songs, but. I, I've said for a lot of years that there are some really good Christian songs out there that are good for a concert. They're good for uh, maybe someone to sing as a, a special number in, in, in a worship service. But but a lot of uh, our churches have taken those and they've made them songs for the congregation to sing, and they don't fit. Mm-hmm. They're 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 not. That's not what they are. They weren't intended to be that. Yeah. And they're good songs. They're songs that would lift our spirits and make us think about God, mm-hmm. but they're not songs of worship, of adoration of God. And and uh, I think we do need to think about that. And and I I say that for the, some some of the old hymns too, yeah. that are are really good. They're good for a quartet to sing, yeah. but they're maybe not what yes. we need to sing as a song of worship. Right. And uh, so, how long? When did you actually uh, decide to get into ministry, and how did that happen? Yeah, so uh, I got into that wreck when I was 18, um, and so, well, actually, I, was, I think I was still 17 then, but about to graduate from high school, and uh, I had already kind of decided that I was going to go uh, try my luck again in, in Houston because my dad was going to pay for uh, my at least my first year at a community college in Houston, so uh, I went back there and um, that was a, a not a great decision for me. Kind of started to fall back into the same routine as before, uh, and realized that I, I couldn't stay there. And um, so I came back to to my mom's in Mississippi, and uh, you know took a semester and just worked, saved up some money, and then <clears throat> Brother Ron handed me at one point an application for Mid South. And I had an application for a community college there in, in the area. And I, I remember praying about it. And I had both of those applications laid out on my lap. And I, and I thought, okay, let me just pray and see if I feel a direction from the Lord. And I started praying. And, and after my prayer, I realized that I never once talked about the, the possibilities or maybe the opportunities of going to the community college. Everything that I was thinking about and talking about was the how cool it would be to be a part of of the Lord's work and 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 growing in uh, yeah. in in Christ through Mid South and through a Christian college, you know. So after that prayer, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to Mid South, you know. And um, so went to went to Mid South, and um, it took a long time to graduate. I was paying my way through, and uh, so me and Wendy were were working hard trying to pay uh, pay off our 
our bill for the semester and then start a new one. Uh-huh. So it took a while, but uh, after about seven years, we graduated with a four-year degree. So. Well, that just means you're doubly smart. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. I, I like that, though. I mean, just working our way through. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I did some of that in college myself. And I had a lot of help. Don't don't get me yeah. wrong. We were able to. Mid South was really great about um, helping us get scholarships. And, and Mid South and and they're one. And I'll I'll give them a plug. They're yeah, one of the more yeah. inexpensive Bible colleges sure. around. Uh, and uh, and I say that with full disclosure that we are under the umbrella of, of <laughs> Mid South Christian College as a ministry, as Rock Solid Ministries. But uh, a, a good some good folks there. Sure. Uh, now, did you do any ministry uh, while you were at while you were at college? Sure, um, there was several little, you know, summertime uh, internships. Uh, I worked with Itawamba Christian Church for a summer in Fulton, yeah. Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, learned a lot. Realized I had a, learn, a, a lot to learn still, um, and uh, then pretty quickly, uh, you know, that was that summer. And while we were at Mid South, we were kind of the guinea pig team for what they're they've done really well now. Of when a, a, a new um, freshman group come in, they'll put them together as a team, and they'll right. have them work on a ministry project um, for the for the duration of for their the time. Duration of their time, right? And so the idea is that you know when they graduate, they have you know three to four years of experience doing ministry and what it means to try to set up their own ministry and, and figure out logistics and all of that. And we we were kind of uh, the guinea pigs for that program, so uh, it didn't work as well as they had hoped, um, but we learned a lot through that. So um, one of the first things that, that we were t- kind of tasked to was to work with a church who wanted to become um, multicultural. Uh, they were in a multicultural area, but their church did not reflect their area. So we were kind of, I don't know what they expected us to do, but <laughs> it was a good learning process, and, and we figured out the theology of all of that, um, of how God really loves the multicultural community, um, of you know, just the, the division between uh, ethnic barriers has been broken down through the gospel, and so right. that was that was there was a lot of revelation just studying through that and appreciating that, um, but actually working with a church that was already, you know, very much formed of uh, the the culture that was there was there. Um, a lot of good things did come out of it. A lot of a lot of people were on board, and a lot of people weren't. Uh, right, uh, maybe not directly against it but indirectly you could tell there was some pushback um, but we did have a, uh, a multicultural service come out of that um, they had a lot of they had a lot of good interactions within the community through that so that was good um, and, and we learned what it meant to be on a team a ministry team and, and how hard that can be um, and I think one of the best things that Mid-South learned from that is give the give this group a year to really form and, and figure out each other and how to work together. Um, so they did a lot of training for that first year, and I think they still do that. Um, but then there's there's lots of little things that, that happen through there, lots of good little ministry opportunities. Of course, I would I would fill in preach um, whenever someone would, would call mm-hmm. on me, uh, and that was good. Um, and then it was there, this was another wild uh, spiritual moment, and uh, God has been very good about when it's time for us to move into a new thing, he, he very much confirms it for us. I remember Jeremy Harper. I don't, I don't know if you know him well. Uh, I, I know Jeremy Harper. He's, he's in Ohio now, but um, at the time he was in uh, he was in um, in Arkansas. In Jonesboro? He was in Heber Springs. Oh, Heber Springs, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
but he, he had come to the college and, and he was going to preach at our, our chapel service and then he was going to stay a couple days. Um, and I remember the whole time he was there feeling like I knew him. And I had seen him, and when he got up and preached, I felt like I'd heard this message before. And when we sat in the dorm room that night just talking and drinking coffee, I felt like we had had this conversation before. It was the strangest sense of deja vu the whole time. And um, I was actually fasting at the same time for the first time I'd ever really fasted. And um, so I, I instantly felt a connection there, and I, I didn't know what it meant. And I, But I, as I was praying and, and reading the Word, I really felt like we were going to work together. Um, I had already had something... A plan for uh, that summer, but he was looking for a youth minister, um, and uh, it w- ended up another year later. He's moved to South Haven, Mississippi, just just south of Memphis, and uh, that's where I know him from. Yeah, yeah. at Christview Christian Church, and he's invited us. He's to be the uh, the children's ministry uh, mm-hmm. workers, me and my wife, um, at his church, and so we ended up working together, and uh, that. We did that for seven years, actually. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize you were there. Then. I, I didn't realize it either until I took when we when we uh, were about to move. Um, I looked back and realized how long it had been that we had been there. Um, but the whole time I was working at a restaurant, uh, fifty plus hours a week, and um, and then later on we actually started uh, doing another ministry while doing uh, long weeks and and uh, church service on Sunday. Um, we were a part of a apartment ministry. This was a really cool ministry. Um, we actually got our rent for free because we were putting on uh, three to four events a month. And the whole idea was kind of a, a covert mission field of, like we were coming in with this, with, the, with selling this idea to the apartment complex as, um, you know, we're gonna do events for the community, make sure that your apartment complex feels like a community. Uh, and and it, that really succeeded well. And the whole time we're making relationships and getting to know people. And and uh, a lot, there were several moments where we had really good conversations. We were able to share the gospel a few times. Um, and we found all the Christians in that community. And we, we kind of bonded really, really well together there. Um, that was near the end of my college career. And uh, we graduated in 2014. We still kept doing that ministry. And I was working a lot. And um, then the, the whole shift started coming again. We knew God was up to something because um, the apartment complex was going to change ownership. And we didn't know if they were going to keep the program. And it wasn't looking like they were going to keep the program. Um, uh, Christview uh, was, was starting to talk about uh, taking on somebody uh, voluntarily. Uh, they didn't know if they wanted to make that, uh, the children's ministry position a, a paid position anymore. Right. Um, and, uh, and I was pretty tired of working at the restaurant, honestly. <laughs> We've been there a long time, and uh, I was ready for something new. I felt like I was, was, was bringing in something new. Um, and uh, that was about the time I got the call from John Cash, who was preaching here at Antioch at the time. Um, that, was, that was also the whole, the whole reason that we got here um, was very much a, a God thing. Um, setting it up uh, I was been, I've been, we've been praying we knew that we were there was about to be some sort of move um, we wouldn't be we wouldn't have our rent-free apartment anymore and uh, the cost of it was going to be way out of our budget uh, so we on faith we decided okay we're 
we're going to find another place just until God puts us in a, in a more permanent place. Um, so we asked them at South if they would let us uh, stay in the dorm. Uh, they had an open married, married dorm apartment. And so for two months, we, uh, we, uh, we stayed with all of our stuff in boxes. We just had tubs and tubs of all of our <laughs> stuff. So we had one bedroom that was our bed, and the other, the living room area and kitchen area was just all of our boxes. We never really unpacked, you know, because we knew we were going somewhere else. Um, but this was uh, this is a couple years ago now, and um, we uh, again we knew we knew God was going to move us somewhere, and we were praying about it, and we wanted to be in a we wanted to start doing ministry full time. We had right. never really done full time ministry, and uh, that that was that was our heart. We thought that was going to mean being a part of a children's home because uh, our heart has always been for kids. Um, and so we, every time I would try to send out applications, something would come up, you know. Um, and but continuing to pray for it. And uh, and Larry Griffin, the president of Mid South, kept mentioning Antioch as a very healthy church, and, yeah. and it, he thought it would be good that we work there. And I kind of passed it off because I was thinking, no, we're we're going to go work at the children's home. Um, and uh, we, uh, me and Wendy decided to go to a an Ash Wednesday service at a at a church in Memphis and uh, I remember there was a lot going on her, her father had just passed or um, maybe at that time he was he was just in really bad health condition so we were doing a lot of praying and, and we were kind of up in the air should we go down and visit him you know uh, we're, we're in a very tricky spot right now of, of how to move forward um, so we went to the service and and, and I remember the, the gentleman that got up to, to speak, he only spoke for a few minutes. They had several preachers come up. Uh, but one of them, he talked about how uh, often when, when people in the Bible were fasting, they were preparing for ministry. And that really highlighted for me, and I felt like the Spirit was, was, was pointing that out to me. Um, and so I was kind of like, okay, God, I'm, I'm ready, you know? And so we started that, that Lent fast. Um, with a real sense of faith that, that by the end of that Lent Fest we would be starting a ministry. Um, and I got the call from John Cash as soon as we walked out of that service. And so, uh, you know, my attention was, was gotten for sure. And uh, it felt like the, the right thing to do as, as we prayed about it. And I talked with Wendy and we said, well, let's go check it out. And so we came down, I think the next week. And as soon as we walked through the doors of Antioch, it immediately felt like this was our family, this was our home, and so then, okay, this is where we're coming. So we, we uh, it took a few weeks to get everything packed up and, and get down here, but that's been... So this was, uh, we might point out that you, you were actually in the Memphis area at South Haven. That's a, a suburb. Yes. Yeah. It's Mississippi, but it's Memphis. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then you came to Antioch, which is... And I hope if any uh, folks may are listening, I don't mean this in a negative way, but it's basically, it's not the end of the world, but you can almost see it from here. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, it's out in the woods it of is. South Mississippi, mm -hmm. beautiful area, but uh, we say it's Hickory, but it's really, uh, yeah. the, it's Newton, it's actually Newton Mail Route, yeah. which is the bigger community. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, you're not even actually in Hickory. Right. So, uh, and, and Hickory's got one gas station, I right. think. And, yeah. and, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, you think of Mayberry, uh, is, would be Hickory on steroids. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, so, yeah. 
So <laughs> how did that happen? I mean, how, how did the adjustment going from the city and working in a restaurant and, and, and now you're out here, you turn off the lights at night yeah. and it's pitch dark. You can't sure. see your hand in front of your face. Sure yeah. And like, there was some resistance there for a while. I, I didn't really want to come to a country church. Uh, yeah. Uh, not that I had anything against country churches. I just there's there is kind of a stigma around country churches. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot of life in the in, in many country churches. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought we were going to be a part of a of a some sort of children's home ministry, and that was going to be our full time all the time you know life. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but 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 because of that service and really feeling like God was pointing us that direction and um, the just the timing we literally walked out of the service and, and <coughs> John Cash called and so we were pretty pretty sure even though it, you know it didn't sound like uh, our favorite option um, but then yeah when we came through those doors it was very it was a spiritual experience almost of how much this church was a family and um, that that really I, I've been around churches that were that were tight-knit but there's not really been much of a, an experience I've ever had with the church that's really, really close. And there's reasons for that. This church has, has taken some punches for sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, here, here recently, um, uh, Evan, our, our pastor, uh, lost his son, Atlas. He was almost three. Um, and that, man, the, everything that I, I, I expected um, from a church that was a family they did exactly what they should have done. And it's been a beautiful thing uh, around a really tragic event. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really glad that we're here. Like I've, I've, I've loved every part of it. Um, so how, how you know, long, being out in the country, <laughs> how long were you here with John before John, John was here, what, 37 years, something like yeah, that. Right. And so how long was, were you working with him before he retired? Yeah, just a few months, probably about six months. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I thought you'd been here for a while because my first revival here mm-hmm. was actually the year he left, which is, this is, this is not normal folks. If you're listening that I hold a revival <laughs> and people leave, you know, preachers leave, although it has happened a few times, yeah. but, uh, so he left, and then Evan, who you knew, mm-hmm. uh, uh, came. Uh, I don't know how long were you without a preacher. Um, probably, uh, I, I can't. It's hard to kind of remember. Uh, probably four months, maybe three or four months. We were, we were just making it work with uh, the people that we had, and you know, I filled in a lot, and um, and they, uh, you know, they were talking about trying to find somebody and. Um, the, uh, there's definitely a need for preachers. Um, yeah. but, uh, Antioch being a very solid church, um, I knew that we would, we would get somebody and I threw Evan's name in after talking to him because, uh, I knew they were getting ready to, to leave Canada, uh, where they were on mission at time at that time. And, uh, I thought the timing would work out pretty well, um, yeah. while we're looking for somebody and, and he needed something, at least he could come and, you know. Be so the interim pastor for a few months. Yeah, well, there I've been the, uh, I've done, this is our third revival. We're in revival with you now. And uh, actually in three years, our third revival in three years, mm-hmm. which we don't always get to go back every year to church. And uh, Brother Greg's coming next year. Mm-hmm. But uh, two of them have been with Evan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Evan will be on another podcast. He'll tell his story of how all this came about and how he ended up here. But, but, uh, I really want to commend you because a lot of 
a lot of youth ministers, uh, and just like preachers, uh, they, they have uh, high ideas of being in mega churches and working with huge teams and multiple campus right. and everything. And, and a lot of it, uh, some of it's very genuine wanting to serve, but then a lot of it is I want to be in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. I, want to, I want to be the, the name everybody recognizes. And they don't realize that country churches, and, and this is not a, a, a little bitty country church. For some people, it would be small, but sure. I think it's a good-sized church for being out in the woods of Mississippi. Uh, and here, in these situations, you really have an opportunity to be one-on-one mm-hmm. and to influence and encourage young people. Uh, and, and not only them, but also uh, adults and senior citizens as a youth minister to be a part of their lives mm-hmm. as well and actually change a community one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, people don't realize the joy of that. For sure. That's, that's, the, that's a big part of our ministry that I didn't know that I, I really wanted before uh, we came here. Um, I, I definitely thought of youth ministry as working with teenagers, you know, um, and since, since coming here, I've pretty quickly changed, you know, I don't want to just do youth ministry. I want to, I want to be a family pastor, you know, right. I, I want to help uh, families uh, grow together in Christ. And, and that's been probably the biggest and, and best shift that kind of made mentally. Um, and, and those one-on-one conversations, those go so much further, I think, sometimes right. even than, than a really well-polished sermon, you know, um, because you're seeing those people for who they are and you're, you're able to have real conversations and deep conversations. And um, we've, been, we've been even really surprised um, how far it's just showing up and talking with people. That goes a very long way with people. Um, you know, so much of, of the, the art of communication today is, is talked about kind of like, you know, a tool. Um, like there's, there's strategies that you can do to, to communicate well. And, and that's all true and, and, and it has its place, but definitely what, what we've been finding out is, is relationships go so much further than, um, even really well thought out programs. Yes. Um, and that's absolutely, been, that's been a huge, it's, it's, it's been a burden that's been lifted because I thought we were coming in to build a program. And for a while I was really a little bit frustrated because I didn't feel like we were gaining any traction. I, I didn't feel like I was building anything. Right. Um, and I, I felt like as a, as a voice, that frustration with God, one of the things I really felt like he, he put on my heart was um, that we're building foundation, um, which right. is a beautiful thing when you, when you think about it. And I remember walking into a building and feeling like the Lord was, was put it on my heart that nobody walks into a building and thinks about the foundation Unless it's wonky, you know. Oh um, yeah, and so yeah. Th- that really kind of stuck with me, and I was like, "I'm okay, gonna remember that one." That's a good, right. that's a good one. Um, yeah, and that 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 stuck with me in kind of everything that we've done is is uh, we're building a foundation of Jesus as Savior and Lord, and anything that we build on top of that is good, you know. Right. But, but the foundation has to be set, and so that's what we're trying to do with all of our families is everything that we teach. You know, we have fun, we have a good time, we, you know, we, we get outside and play, and, and it's just innocent fun, but um, every impact that we're trying to make, we're, we realize, like, this, it needs to be centered on that foundation. Um, and, and to see the, the, that, that God is, is, is pushing forward that work, and we'll kind of get a glimpse that, that God wants to, 
to, to make a change, you know, in, in how people are viewing the church. And so even with uh, John Cash leaving, I think John, he was an awesome pastor. Like he was a shepherd. And right. uh, he, he did this really well with, with families. He was very much a shepherd preacher. He did very yeah. much so. Um, but also John did everything. Uh, he, right. he, he decided the, the, the order of service and made the bulletin and all the decisions made like, yeah, they have a group of elders, but it was really on John to accomplish most of the work of the church. And I think with when John left, and of course they'd been here for so long, uh, everybody had to step up. And um, it was a beautiful thing to see that everybody started to step into their gifting. And, you know, there was a shift in, you know, we, we do need to do more. Um, and everybody kind of realized that all at once. And so since then... And um, Evan's done a really great job of, of fostering that as well because uh, he, he, he really talks about himself as an evangelist. Well, he is. Uh, yeah. He, so his, yeah. his job, and he made it very clear, uh, his, his main purpose for being here is to preach the word. Uh, of course, he does visits and, and all of that stuff too. Right. Yeah. But, but it's been really cool to see everybody really get on the boat and figure this stuff out together. Um, so leadership meetings have been a beautiful thing where we actually do work through the what is God wanting us to do here and how do we do that rather than how do we figure out how Evan's going to do that you know right. <laughs> um, and that's, that's been a really good thing so so seeing that foundation of we as a church and you talked about this in your in your sermon yesterday um, uh, man it's it's been a really good thing to watch the Lord establishing uh, uh, what was already a good family church uh, into a more and more active church. And so I'm right. really excited about the future of Antioch. Um, and there's not, you know, going back to the country church idea, it's it's kind of a, a unique thing that to have a church that's out in the woods that you really can see that there's going to be life in it for a long time. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be growth here. And I'm really excited to be a part of that and um, praising God for everything he's doing. Well, I like what you said about relationships that... Uh, this young man that came yesterday, your neighbor, mm -hmm. you've talked with him, you had conversations. Um, I, I had sat across from a couple, a family yesterday that told me that, that, uh, they met Evan when he was out looking for his dog mm -hmm. and, and, uh, uh, their, the, how their life has really changed. They came since my last revival here last year. Mm -hmm. And, and that points again to Evan being an evangelist. And we'll probably talk about this in his podcast too, but, but uh, that, you know, always looking, always looking, every conversation we need to have in our minds in every conversation, uh, is this person a, a Christian? Uh, if they are, are they really walking in the kingdom? Yeah. And are they really living the kingdom life? And, uh, and uh, do they just think they're a Christian? Yeah. Have, have, they, have they been led a false, give, uh, given a false narrative on how to become right. a Christian and how we come into Christ? Mm -hmm. And let's let's back up with that, and let's build from that, and see where we can take them, and and not always expect that we do a bunch of of uh, fancy programs and people just walk in. Right. That uh, we need to be out there having conversations, and and in our conversations finding out how we can bring them to Christ, mm -hmm. and always that. And in our last ministry, everything we did as a church uh, for the nine years we were there. 
we never had a, you, you see in bulletins or say that we're having an all church dinner. Mm-hmm. We never had an all church dinner. It was always a, a friends and family dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was always who you're going to invite to yeah, the friends like and that. family service and dinner. Yeah. And, and or anything we did, how are we going to get them in the side door yeah. then to bring them to Christ through that? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I think that's the right way. Yeah. And I love your enthusiasm about, about your ministry here. Uh, now, three years into your ministry here mm-hmm. and, and, uh, uh, you don't miss the bright lights of Memphis now, too Sometimes much? I miss the food of Memphis. <laughs> but no, I don't miss the bright lights of Memphis. I don't know how you can miss the food of Memphis with what they feed you down here. Oh, well, that's true. We definitely have some awesome cooks in this. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I definitely look forward to church dinners for sure. Um, oh, but my goodness. But it's really hard to find uh, Indian food in this area. And you like Indian food? <laughs> well, I can tell you after, after two dinners on Sunday... This morning on Monday, I was up before daylight biking 10 miles yeah. uh, up and down hills. There are a lot of hills here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just thinking, I've got another dinner tonight yes. at the church. Yes. So anyway, is there anything else you'd like to share before we close out this podcast? No, I, I appreciate you, Tom. appreciate what you guys are doing. Uh, rock solid. Uh, doing awesome work. I'm um, glad to be a part of it as much as we can. Um, no, I think that's that's everything. Well, you've shared an awful lot with me, and I've I've learned a lot more about you and about the depth of your of your uh, Christianity and your spiritual walk, which uh, always helps me to understand people better. And I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate you taking time to be over here with me today, and uh, and uh, stepping up to the plate and helping us in some areas of this revival that we've needed some help this this year, particularly. Um, I hope that our listeners, if this has been a good podcast for you, if you've been blessed by it, that maybe you'll share it with your friends and co-workers in Christ. And until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.